0: Quinn Hughes now joins us, uh, tableside here at Rogers arena. Thanks for this, Quinn. Uh, I know you just spoke with the uh, rest of the media, but quick overview about how you're feeling as the season
1: wraps up. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> more of a disappointing season. Uh, you know, a lot of hopes going on in the season this year that we were going to be in the playoffs and, uh, didn't get off to a great start. And, you know, obviously a lot of things transpired with, um, you know, coaching staff and different things, but, uh, I think that there's still lots to learn and it'll make us stronger going into next year. And, um, I feel like I like where we're at right now. I mean, we went 10 and two a couple of weeks ago. So, um, obviously still strides need to be made, but I think we're on the right path.
2: Well, in terms of, uh, you mentioned having clarity and direction in terms of how you guys are playing the standards and the expectations from the group, how much has that helped everybody just kind of narrow down your responsibility day to day when that's a lot more clear?
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot easier. Um, You know, just that this is how we're going to play and this is what we expect from you and this is what you need to do. I think when you give players, you know, a couple things to focus on, you know, they can do that. And um, a lot of the good teams, they have, you know, that clarity. And I think that we have that right now and the coaching staff's really helped. And uh, so for me, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to next year.
0: One of the things I, I feel like I noticed, I mean, you can be a one-man breakout whenever you kind of want to be, but it felt like as a team there was a lot more cohesion, and you guys got stuck in your own end like a lot less than you were not just last year, but even in your early years.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think that we're on the right path. I think that uh, coaching staff's been great, and they've helped, and I think that we had a lot of injuries as well, and a lot of young guys coming in, and um even with those guys you know we you know with the system you know it can help them and helps helps our team so um when we you know put in the guys that we have injured you know the heronics and oels and certain guys and mckayev comes back um i think that the team's just gonna be even better
2: how much does it help to have that predictability positioning wise for you when you know what outlets to pass it out to and guys being available? How much does that change? Cause you can really notice when we're watching it, but in terms of the trust for guys, when you know a guy's in his right spot, how much does that really help on the ice?
1: Yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, like I said, everyone has a plan and everyone knows what they're doing and, um, you know, I just think with this team as well, everyone was, you know, really trying hard and working at it. There was no quit, and uh, it wasn't easy. They lost 15, 20 games playing, and, you know, you, you weren't really in it. So I think that um it was tough, but I think, uh, you know, the thing I appreciate is all the guys, you know, were really battling and trying hard, and um, the effort was always there. And in terms of being in the right position, you know, the guys were always trying their best, and um, you knew that you know everyone was doing what, you know, was asking them. So it was good.
0: You mentioned you there's a few things, a few ideas you already have on what you need to work on or what you'd like to work on this summer. Uh, care to share any of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just have things, you know, that, um, you know, I want to give myself an edge as much as I can. And uh, so we'll see what that is, you know, get home, like I said, and take some time off and then um, talk to my trainers and talk to my dad and see see what we're thinking.
2: Well, obviously, we know your offensive capabilities are incredible. We see the points you put up this year, and this year you push back against the notion that you're not good defensively. And I think when we watch you every day, we see that you're good defensively. You see the numbers bear it out, but in the way you have success is obviously different from somebody who's six four and physical. But how? How important is the mindset you have when you go into those battles? You still come away with the puck. It's yeah. about you not being afraid to go into that space. Is that confidence? Is that strength? Where where did you where were you able to take that step this year to come away with pucks in battle so so effectively? Well, I think
1: I was doing it last year too. I mean, people say I'm whatever not as good defensively, um, you know, because I was dash whatever three years ago. But then I was plus ten and plus eighteen or plus seventeen or whatever it is. So, and I think it was even more impressive this year because. Um, I was playing those hard matchups, and I was playing, you know, a lot of minutes too because we had guys injured, so I was, uh, you know, ha- really had to be dialed in on the defense, which I was, I think, and then but also producing, so I thought that um, I was really in good shape, and that helped me be able to do that, and uh, as far as the defense, I think I've just been really focused on it, and right now it's coming, not easy, but it's coming easier than it has, and it just... Um, really they're just you know it's one-on-one battles and it's just you know you you against him and i think for me that's what i like
0: the team was uh plus 20 at five on five with you on the ice this year so <laughs> the numbers really bear out just how much stronger you were defensively and how much more success the team had with you on the ice and it felt even more so once talk it came in these last three months your game even took another step did you feel that way
1: yeah i think that talk and footer helped a lot for sure they like I said, they made the system easier and, um, you know, there was less thinking and it was more just this is your role, this is your job, this is what you need to do. And I think that footer defensively gave me a, a point here or two that really helped me. And it's um, I'm excited to work with him because, uh, you know, not a lot of times you have a coach that is going to, you know, teach you some things, like teach you three or four things that you've never heard in your life before, mm-hmm. right? Like he was he said some things and I was like, wow, I've never – Why have I never picked that up before I thought about that and it's really (laughs) helped my game. Um, So I'm excited to work with him even more, I think that we're, I got a really good relationship with him and um, we'll just keep building.
2: Well, it seems like even Talkett himself was talking about when he met the Sedins on the ice, they showed him some things he never knew about in terms of cutting hands he mentioned along the boards to make it hard for a guy to move pucks. Is there anything you can share in terms of, that won't give away too much, that maybe Gonchar (laughs) told you about, that you didn't think before?
1: Um, I mean, well, Gonch is, uh, different than footer for sure. He's, um, they're different players for me. Footers just, uh, he's helped a lot because a lot of the things he did is stuff I never do. And I didn't think about and just little tricks that you don't need to be big to do and just, you know, boxing out and getting guys early and things that I wouldn't have thought of that have made my life easier defensively. And as far as Gonch, uh, I think his big thing with me is just shooting more and Um, A couple games in, like, St. Louis uh, a couple weeks ago, I had, like, nine or ten shot attempts. And um, I think, you know, going forward, the more I do that, the more offense I'm going to create.
0: Sometimes we think, uh, or at least fans can think, when you're trying to improve your shot, it's about power. But it's not just about that. If you're going to score more goals, it can be deceptiveness. It's about finding that little inch of space in the ice that you can get a shot away from, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think there's – that's still a, you know – a big room for me to grow there. I mean, um, I was getting chances, not scoring as much as I would like, but I think that that's, you know, where I can really make strides and improve. So um, might just have to talk to Jack about that one and ask him how he does it. So we'll see.
2: Well, I guess it's one of those things sometimes where you can break a guy down. I look at it sometimes as a point guard. You, know, you can cross a guy up, you can break it down, you can beat one guy. If you beat one guy, you draw somebody else over yeah. to you, and sometimes it opens up space for a pass, or you drive the net and a the score. There's a few plays this year where you got all the way to the goal line, and yeah. working on that obviously can add to your goal totals.
1: Yeah, I think just, that's just working on your mind and uh, teaching yourself to be aggressive. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm, I'm just trying to be aggressive every shift.
0: Uh, there was a big sentiment from you know, Elias and uh, even JT about the plan moving forward, and you guys think that you can be a, a playoff contender. Um, do, do you feel like the direction and, and the plan that you spoke of when you spoke with media, it's it's a lot more clear, and that's going to help not just you but everybody?
1: Yeah, I feel like we definitely can be. I know that we're going to keep getting better. I mean, Petey's really hungry. I'm really hungry, and Millsy wants to be in the playoffs bad. Demko's hungry. I mean, a lot of guys um, – you know, really want to do well next year. And I know that um, my game's just going to continue to get better, as we've seen. I know that PD's is going to get better. So I feel like, you you know, you haven't seen our best, and we're just going to keep climbing.
0: Quinn, we uh, really appreciate your time.
2: Finally. I got yep. one before we let you go, okay. Quinn. Are, should we expect you to be like Brady at, uh, Qu- at Jack yeah. and no, no, Luke's no, games? I no. <laughs> will not be like Brady. But I'll um,
1: <laughs> we'll be enjoying the game, and it'll be fun to watch. It'll be a good series. Really appreciate your yeah, time, thank Quinn. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Have a great it.
0: summer uh there is uh Quinn Hughes joining us exclusively uh here tableside at Rogers Arena. We'll take a quick break and uh, come back with more on Locker Cleanout Day here at Rogers Arena. Uh now joining us here tableside at Rogers Arena it's Ethan Baer, Dan Riccio, and Satyar Shah. With you Ethan, uh thanks for doing this. Um quick thought on uh how your time in Vancouver went.
3: Uh you know what it was uh it was interesting to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, you know when I first got here um, obviously, you know I, I knew Vancouver is one of the teams that I was going to be coming to, and you know coming from Carolina to here, obviously there's a big there's a big shift mm-hmm. um, in, in many things in um, culture, um, coaching, uh, preparation. There's a bunch of things, and um, you know what? It, it, was, uh, it was obviously when I first got here it was a struggle. Um, you know, obviously the team's struggling. Yeah, uh, you know, there's not much life and. Uh, you know trade rumors here and there and um you're just trying to kind of hold on and, and um you know once obviously uh those coaching change and everything and um i think really helped calm everybody down mm-hmm. and um you know we kind of reset things and um i think talk i think Adam foot Gonchar, it has been great for us um obviously i think mike yo is great um Kinger's great like i think um honestly i think this this started the the end of the year i mean it was uh honestly a step in the right direction mm-hmm. um you know we started winning some games uh we started getting more structure within within our team um having kind of more of having a plan going into the game mm-hmm. instead of just kind of you know going out there and you know trying to survive and I think that was a big thing for us and um and a big reason why we were winning games uh you know everybody um you know had a, a plan and a spot they're supposed to be in and, and a job that they're supposed to do and um, you know I think we just you know when we executed, we won and um, I think that was a you know a bright thing to see within this organization
2: well one of the things that you also outlined coming over from Carolina even though you weren't quite fitting in there despite everything you mentioned in terms of accountability the standards were high how hard everybody worked and everything was kind of in flux here when you first came in how much closer is it to that now here in Vancouver obviously a long way to go but do you kind of see some foundational pieces in terms of expectations in terms of standards to be a bit closer to the higher echelon teams that have success
3: yeah um you know honestly yeah I think you know this last whatever quarter of the year I think has, has shown that yeah like we have higher we are having higher standards um and, and that's that's uh, you know, I think that's a big deal um you know in terms of Honestly, take the, taking care of the little things is, mm-hmm. is, is what I always say, is, and that's like you know, uh, puck management, you know, getting pucks deep, um, taking care of you know, taking pride in the d- uh, the D zone, um, um, little things like that. I think that's uh, kind of things we've kind of um, you know improved at mm-hmm. the end of the year, but there's obviously you know there's another level or two that we need to get to if we want to be a playoff winning team. How
0: did you feel about your game? As the season went on.
3: I thought it was good. Um you know when I first got here, I know I thought it was fine throughout the whole year to be honest. And um, you know, obviously there's different challenges and stuff that you go through and um, you know when I first got here it was honestly it was just like it was kinda shocking to see where the team was at, to mm-hmm. be honest. And yeah. Um, honestly I wouldn't have known that if I didn't play in Carolina. To be honest, right. I could have played in Anaheim Ducks, probably came here and would have noticed the thing. But right. when you play in such a structured team and a team that is so detail orientated to be, you know, there's a plan on every single face off. There's a plan on every single play when you're on the ice. Mm-hmm. And when you come from that and you come to like uh, where we were at this year, it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to just survive. Like right. you're, you're just you're just making hockey reads instead of playing a structure and you're just every it's just like it's like it's kinda of felt like a little every man for themselves yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you could sense it like it was um we didn't really have that um you know that that team camaraderie, that you know togetherness. It it was felt a little everyone was a little lost and um but that comes from, you know, honestly, like it starts with coaching. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you build that winning culture and that winning pedigree, like it starts with coaching, yes. You know, get everybody on the same ship, but then it and then it, then it, stems from the players, you know, mm-hmm. doing every single thing right every single day, no matter how taxing, no matter how boring it seems or how cliche or repetitive it gets. It's just that's how you build that winning championship and that culture, and I've seen it. I've seen it in Carolina, and honestly, and that's uh, I think we're at this last quarter of the year was a step in that direction, and, and that's what really excites me.
2: Well, and you, you kind of mentioned that the number of prep, the level of preparation that goes into that to know what to do in each play, to understand the plan. There's a lot of work that goes into it, but once you get onto the ice and you have it all done, does it not that make the game easier on the ice
3: almost? Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's actually crazy. Like you don't really have to think you just do. And, um, everybody's doing their job at every, like, you know, where every guy is in every moment. And, um, you know you build this trust and and this relationship and like, it just it all, yeah like it does make the game easier you know what you know if you if something's going to go wrong or a play closes off you just know where to p- dump the puck or move the puck next because the next guy's going to go there right and um yeah offensive yeah it was um you know a cool experience but um yeah I just I think like you know we did take a step in the right direction but we're still not quite there yet but you know, it could change. You know, what I mean, it's um, we're not. We'll see what the summer looks like, but it starts in training camp. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what does this summer
0: look like for you? Uh, still without a contract, without an extension here in Vancouver? Have there been talks? So, what, what do you yeah. think? It,
3: uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's actually so funny. Like, um, you know, they actually, you know, they Vancouver's, you know, wanted to talk to me about a contract since November, and you know, for myself, I was like, I asked them, you know, nicely, just. You know, let's put, put that off for the year. And, you know, let me focus on you know hockey because, you know, last year was a tough year for me being in another lineup, and then uh, you know this year, you know, coming like being in Carolina and not playing the first ten games, and then coming here, and then you know I kind of get my game going, and you know then it, I was like I, I just don't want to you know sign something too quickly. I'd mm-hmm. just rather wait till the summer and then. Um, and that was the plan, and you know Vancouver's okay with it. But it's it's actually so funny how like the, the yeah. media and fans are <laughs> oh of course blowing it up and they're all worried about <laughs> it. Like I don't go on social media or anything, but yeah. it's like good call on fans, that by the my way. Yeah. my fiance is like yeah, everyone's worried that you're not you're not signed. Like you know Jim Rutherford put that that letter out and your right. name's on it, but everyone's like worried because you don't have a contract. I'm like well like they. You know, everyone can, you know, take a deep breath, <laughs> relax. Like, I'm still, I'm an RFA. Right. I'm not going anywhere. Like, you know, like that that, that stuff will sort itself out.
2: Well, and, and in terms of, you know, how uh, your lot in life can change so quickly, you mentioned being in, in Carolina, and clearly, clearly you're a talented right-hand defenseman. There aren't enough of those around the league. You're not getting an opportunity somewhere on a good team or not, not enough. And then you come to Vancouver, and it's like, your name's in the letter. They believe in you long term. They want you to sign a contract. You're getting bigger opportunity. How different is it going from a place where you weren't fitting into a place where they're clearly prioritizing you and your role on the team? Um,
3: I just think it's just honestly, it's just really. I think I'm just appreciative, to be honest. Um, you know, what, I. It's nice to know when a team you know recognizes your potential and and what you have to offer, and um, and that's and that's the important thing. Um, you know what I think? You know, I've really worked really hard to get to this point. Um, and obviously, like, I you know, people know, like, uh, you know, I could play. Like, I played in Edmonton for two years. I played well my first year. Um, and then there's a bunch of other things that, you know, and I kind of – it kind of derailed me, I would say, away from the ice um, and stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then I kind of struggled. But then that's why I was happy when I went to Carolina is because I got to see guys like Jacob Slavin – you know, Brad Pesci, mm-hmm. uh, Brady Shea. You know, I got to see those type of players firsthand and how they approach the game every day. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and honestly, for me, it was really like, um, I don't even want to say, motivating, I should say, inspirational. Um, you know, just – and like is, when you're playing with a team like that, like everybody's so – it's like a family. Mm-hmm. And then that was like, that was the coolest thing because when you, you know, some of these big you know market teams, it, it could get really, I don't even know. It's like because when you play in Canada, it's like yeah. you know, superstar stuff. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But like when you're <laughs> in Carolina, it's just like you just you got the team and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Down there, it's like basketball, these yeah. other sports. Yeah. But you know, the team is so well gelled and well connected that they know like, you know, all it's all they have is each other, mm-hmm. and they have their they have actually good fan base, but nowhere near Canadian market, but um, you know to see that, and I'm like, wow, like that's you know that's what we could have here, and if we do, and with you know the support we get and everything, like there's no reason we can't win.
0: You mentioned earlier trust, and you know it's such a big thing on the ice. You know, trusting your teammates going to be able to do his job, and you know if you know there's a mistake made, not you know trying to fill that space and and then creating two mistakes. We've heard Coach talk about that quite a bit do you think that was part of this process is just building trust with with your teammates together
3: um yeah I think that's that's always the goal um I think um you know what yeah we got to build yeah. trust um but it's 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 hard to build trust when there's not much direction being placed within your coaches and your system mm-hmm. right um you know when like, we could, you know, like, if a guy's in the wrong spot, and i go, my team my D-man, I go for him, like, hey, like, you're supposed to be here. right? And, like, and the coach has never said that. He's going to be like, well, why? <laughs> like, like, it's yeah. like, it's like, why are you telling me what to do? You know, you do your job, I'll do mine. It's just like, no, like, the coach implements what where we're, where we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to go, and, you know, that's when we can hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what we kind of got at the end of the year. At the start of the year, it was kind of, nah. we didn't really have that, so – um, you know, guys just kind of do whatever they wanted, but you know what? Now I think we're building towards that. Um, yeah, we're building towards that, uh, accountability. Yeah. Um, where, you know, if somebody, you know, if you're not in the right spot, a guy could tell you, you know, this is where you're supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to do. And, and then everything on the game just kind of flows together. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then, yeah, you do build that trust and you build that relationship. Um, I think, do I think we're there? No, we're almost you know i think i think it's gonna take time yeah and that's the main thing is there's gonna be um well you can't
0: just expect it to like carry into training camp right
3: well i mean that's where it starts the work starts again yeah it's it starts all over um but yeah like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting like i'm excited obviously i've really liked what the coaches have brought um and, yeah, like I, I really – I think Hawk has done a great job of already expressing and showing that he wants things done a certain way. And, you know, when he says things um, and, you want, and he explains how he wants it done, you know, guys go and do it. And you do it and we're starting to do things over even in practice. That's where it starts mainly. And we start doing things and then you see it kind of implemented onto the ice in a game and you see it works. And I think, you know, some guys never really had – Mm-hmm. Coaching like that, I I could see like direct and coaching, yeah, yeah. yeah, like 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 this. Uh, a coach once told me this: says everybody craves direction, mm-hmm. and I was like, when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, like he's right. You know, what I mean, like everyone wants to you know have some sort of plan or or, or some sort of direction what what they're supposed to do in life, or and in hockey, it's you know it's 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 needed even more, especially on the ice. And then because you yeah you you play your system probably about maybe seventy sixty percent mm-hmm. and when you actually get the puck on your stick, you still have to play the game. And right. it's like, you know, you have a guy going in a certain spot specifically because if there's a, not an, a skilled or open play, you know, you got a bailout option, and that's what the system is. So right. We're almost there.
2: It's so, I mean, one of the things that was clear, too, from you and Quinn Hughes playing together is that chemistry really grew as the season went on. What were some of the challenges but also some of the rewards of playing alongside a guy like Quinn Hughes at times?
3: Um honestly i wouldn't even say there was much challenges to be honest like i think we really you know we really enjoyed playing with each other um and yeah like we were great i think it was good because we could both communicate to each other um you know i thought huggy really respected my opinion when you know he would see something and um that i didn't and we would talk amongst it on the Mm -hmm. bench really quick sort it out and you know what, if I was in the right spot, he'd tell me where to go. If he wasn't in the right spot, I'd tell him where to go. And it was a mutual respect. And you know what, it was working great. Um, and then, yeah, then injuries happen, and you kind of got to balance the lineup yeah. about it, obviously. But, um, you know, obviously, yeah, like, but you know, I, I thought we played well together. But um, well, we'll see what happens next year. You know I think, you know, this, these last couple games was – good for the coaches to see that you know i don't just have to play with quinn you know i can mm-hmm. operate my own line i can be reliable and trusted and you know to take care of you know myself and you know, my partner and so i think um you know we'll see what happens but it was definitely a lot of fun to play with him obviously like you know you give him the puck on a blue line and he'll create something out of nothing mm-hmm. um but know i think what was good is you know i always know that you know whatever you, i let him dance around but you know i gotta make sure that if something goes wrong i'm there for him All right uh, big plans for the summer uh obviously just not not really yet yeah uh we'll see what happens here but you know obviously it's going to be a big summer for myself you know in in the gym on the ice working on whatever skills i can you know add to my game little puck moving stuff whatever it is um but definitely when training camp comes i want to be in the best shape of my life and um and that's my goal
0: Really appreciate your time here, Ethan. Thanks for this. Have a great summer. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time, Ethan. That is uh, Ethan Baer joining us here uh, tableside at Rogers Arena uh, with some uh, really great insights. That was terrific. That was really um, terrific. Uh,
2: The perspective
0: of being dropped into this team when it was really going through it early in the season.
2: Well, and, and a lot of it is when we hear these guys talk about this stuff, right? And it's really eye-opening for somebody from the outside coming in and seeing it, and especially somebody like Ethan, who said, you know, he's, he was at a place with had very high expectations and high standards. Then you come to Vancouver, and it's like nothing's being upheld. And he, you know, I think Chris and Duncan said, "Hey, Bear's not throwing Bruce under the bus." Chris and Duncan says, "But he's kind of," and, and the point that he was trying to make, and this goes back to again, plan. You want to blame him, blame management, whatever. The, the environment wasn't conducive to standards being upheld and accountability being there. So it's like when you come to the bench and you try to tell a guy, hey, why did you do that? He's like, why are you telling me this? The coach doesn't care. Yeah. So the rules have to be set at the very top. And then if you have a leader at the top that sets the rules, now you can have some commanders underneath that can instill it. But if somebody at the very top yeah isn't doing it or or isn't being listened to or isn't being respected or or isn't getting his message message across then everything else kind of falls apart. You need to have that you know leadership at at the top or at least in making sure there is accountability and it's just so interesting hearing him talk about the types of the type of game they needed to play and they played earlier this season and It's so funny because how often do we do post-game shows? I mean, Batch is standing here, Cam's here. How many shows did we do earlier this year? Talking about these guys clearly don't trust each other. Yeah, You know, they're not on the same page. Like, this guy's bailing, that guy's bailing. They look like they're five individuals on the ice. And here's a guy on the team essentially saying that's what it was. Everyone's out there for themselves. And not in a negative way of like, oh, we don't like each other. But it's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to control what I can do. Yeah. And it's like, but you don't have that trust. You don't have that cohesiveness. And it was so clear they had no direction in terms of how they were playing. Just now,
0: trying to survive was the, the term he used.
2: Exactly. And the other part of it, too, is it's not just about, hey, this is the system stuff, and now that you fix that, everything is fine. I mean, clearly the roster has to get better. Clearly they have to make more moves. But if the foundation of what you're trying to be is rotten or it's not, it's not working, then no matter what you do personnel-wise, it doesn't matter. Get that right, and now start putting the other pieces together again in terms of the additions you have to make and making the team better. But if your environment's bad... It really doesn't matter who you have on your team.
0: And uh, the the term that Quinn used when he was speaking, uh, I think it was with the main media, but uh, he, he used the term all pulling the same rope now mm-hmm. as what's different from right now compared to last year. And I think you hear that a little bit in Ethan Bear's comments. But also what I liked hearing from Bear is... You know, this idea that there's still a long way to go mm-hmm. and that you can't just expect it to continue when you get to training camp next year and that sort of thing. So it was really insightful comments from Ethan Baer on the situation with the Canucks and where it's all gone. And a final thought on Ethan... Uh, he says, "Don't worry about his contract situation." Yeah,
2: he was funny. He's like, "Why is everybody stressed out about this?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "This market's nuts. Why is everybody so stressed? <laughs> Who cares? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be fine. And what is? And we, you know, he didn't seem too concerned about it and wanted to wait to the end of the season. I think part of it also was he believes in himself as a player. It's clear. So why sign something when your value is at the very lowest? Get through this year and maybe you have a better bargaining agreement as well, right? Yeah. You have a better bargaining position instead of just taking what the team is throwing you and getting some security. And I think, you know, it's clear the team believes in Ethan Bear. They yes. traded for him. They set up the Dickinson trade. I mean, they essentially traded a second round pick to clear up the space to so allow them to trade a fifth round pick to go and get yes. Ethan Bear, right? So they did a lot to get Ethan Bear. It's clear they believe in him. So. When they want to talk contract, like Bear said in November, it's probably a team saying, we believe in this guy. Let's get him signed now. Let's get a one- or two-year extension cheap, and, yeah. you know, and this could be a real surplus value. And I think it was mature from him to say, no, I believe in myself. Let's, let's get through the year first. Let yeah. me establish who I am, and let me not worry about that. And, and we'll see if that, how much that's changed his bargaining position, but you know, he certainly put himself in a spot now where it's clear the team values him. They gave up something to get him. Yep. They're, they're talking about him being an addition they believe in long-term here. It, it puts him in a different position in terms of bargaining his new contract.
0: Uh, and, uh, you know, he was in the letter and all those different types of things. So if you think about that, uh, they've now added Philip Peronik, Ethan Baer. Um, this management group added Travis Dermott at last year's trade deadline as well. Now, that situation hasn't necessarily worked out in the same way, but you know, for all the criticism they took uh, through the course of the offseason that they hadn't started to fix the defense, I think in their eyes, they've made two significant additions yeah. now, at least to the decor, and they've added some depth to the organization with some of the other moves they've made. They
2: certainly feel that way about those yeah. two guys, right? I mean, and you don't give up a first and a second for Philip Hironic, and... They still need more work on the blue line. Yes. no, It's very clear. And even Bear himself said, hey, these are good things. But he didn't seem convinced they figured it out. He's like, yeah, we're taking steps. And it's clear, like, even towards the end of the year, as much as we talk up the structure and the accountability, it really waned the last few games. Yes. Now, so much of that, as you see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're trying to get to Game 82 and just get the season over with. But it still comes back to some ups and some downs. You haven't really launched off yet. There's still a lot more work they have to do here as an organization. And clearly the blue line is still the big thing you have to fix. It seems, though, to your point, Bear, Heronik, Hughes, and OEL based on what we know in terms of perhaps not getting bought out, him talking about his situation, it seems like those four guys are coming back, and we can be pretty sure about that. I think the questions really evolve around Myers and some of those other kind of guys, Pullman and his status, of course, which we'll maybe hear more from management when Alvin speaks on Monday, because he wasn't meeting with the media today.